On this episode of the Fifth Estate Podcast, talk about the Fair Work Commission's 5.2% wage increase for award workers, uh, power shedding, um, potential blackouts, etc., etc. New rules for the deployment of the Chinese Defence Force, um, or what is it, the People's Liberation Armony, 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 and a little bit more. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello everyone, my name is Cameron Blewett and this is the 5th Estate Podcast. Uh, what are we up to now? I think episode 47. Uh, so yes, in this one, going to have a bit of a rant, um, probably going to be a bit more of a, a probably another passionate one uh, about the decision by the Fair Work Commission to award uh, uh, employees on modern awards a 52 or 4.6% pay increase. Now, it does get confusing uh, because I think it's uh, if you're over uh, 860-something gross on your ordinary hours, you, you only get the 4.6%, whereas if you're under that, then you're 5.2%. Now, to clarify, I don't think that these people – no, I shouldn't – yeah, I, I don't think that these people shouldn't be getting it, um, that, uh, you know – Corresponding to the cost of living uh, and everything like that in Australia, our wages are low, uh, though it's that big, uh, vicious uh, cycle, spiral. You increase wages, it increases inflation uh, and then increases interest rates, etc., etc. So uh, it, it's one of those uh, awkward positions. What do you do? Uh, for that and I believe that the governments and uh, the um, corrupt IR club should be focusing on lowering uh, cost of living expenses rather than looking to increase wages because if you lower cost of living expenses then obviously the people will have more money to spend uh, without increasing that. Uh, So yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one on that one and it's not something that's going to be solved uh, in with the, the current mindset of uh, politicians on either side. So, but anyway, let's get, just get back to the, the, the 5.2%. Uh, I think that that is excessive. Uh, it will push a lot of small and uh, the smaller medium-sized businesses to the wall. Uh, I reckon we're going to see a lot of uh, mum and dad businesses go pear-shaped. Uh, there'll be a lot of, uh, you know, the independent coffee shops won't exist anymore. Uh, there's – and it's just going to be disastrous for the economy and everything like that. And then also you combine that 5.2% uh, wage increase with the extra half a percent onto superannuation that – uh, comes in effect from the first pay period after the 1st of July. Then also adding to that, there's no uh, threshold for the payment of superannuation. It used to be, I think, if you earned more than $450 a week, uh, that you weren't, uh, you wouldn't get super paid. 
though now it's that, hey, if you go in for one shift a week, then you get super on top of that. Now, adding to that, uh, increasing a the the burden for business is that there's also the stapled super funds. So you can turn up for one shift, uh, fill out your super fund details incorrectly uh, on any employment forms, and then hand that off. Uh, and that comes back and that hey, no, it's not a recognised super fund. And then they have to go through the process of. Uh, you know, logging into uh, one of the ATO portals or something like that to see if you have a stapled super fund and then you do have a stapled super fund, then the money needs to go to that fund. Uh, so it's creating a, a whole lot of ha- havoc and a headache. And thinking about it now while I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it, I think that this is part of a deliberate ploy so, you know, it, it's going to make business want to bring in or accept the implementation of a digital ID because, hey, someone rocks up to a new job, they've got all their ID on their phone or whatever it is, they've just got to hand that over, whatever number it is, bang, that gets to the government, the government has access to all that information. You know, your super fund, your tax file number, bank accounts, etc., etc. So, um, you know, that could be part of the plan is that let's make things so burdensome for business that, hey, when this new thing, oh, we've got this new thing that we can bring out, it's digital ID, it'll make business easier for business so you won't spend as much time on admin and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah, now... Um, yeah, so there's that. Now, going back to the, the decision, um, I think that this was a political decision by uh, Ian Ross. Uh, my thoughts are is that he was put in a position by the government in the rhetoric uh, that was brought out by Albanese and the unions and everything like that prior to the election uh, and in the lead up to the election and, and all that sort of stuff. That I have a feeling if uh, Ross didn't award... Uh, anything in the high 4% or, or above 5 that the – actually, no, I'd even say above 5%. If, if it wasn't something that was awarded above 5%, then the unions would be putting pressure on the Albanese government to bring in some legislative change to the Fair Work Act where the government is able to influence or have the final to say – uh, final decision in, uh, you know, what uh, wage increases is there. And obviously Ross doesn't want that to happen. Uh, he wants to be able to control the uh, the Fair Work Commission as it is and, and pretend that they're still independent. Uh, so that's why he's, he's gone above the 5.1% um, uh, CPI and has gone for 52 Now, would it have been that high if there hadn't have been a, um, a, a Labor government? I don't think it would have um, because he would have turned around and justified it by saying, hey, there's um, inflation measures, et cetera, et cetera. And, oh, we can't do it because inflation's going and, and this and that. So, you know, th- they'd find some way to appease their, their masters and to keep them happy. Uh, so, you know, it, it's the thing. Anyone who thinks that uh, the, the, the commission is independent really needs to <laughs> sit down and 
understand how politics runs in this country and uh, especially the way that the commission has been set up uh, and everything like that. So, yeah, I'd say that this was more a very political statement uh, by Ross for for launching um, and announcing a, a 5.2% increase uh, for wages. Now, uh, we'll just have to wait and see what impact that has on inflation. Uh, so I think, what, what did they say, about 40 bucks a week uh, gross. I can't see how that's going to uh, have any real-world impact on uh, wages of employees because, you know, what we're seeing, the power's going through the roof. What, a head of lettuce is, what, 10 or 11 bucks? Uh, so, you know, I think you, you know, that's probably in the, in the small independence. I think you can probably still get it for about 5 or $6 for a head of lettuce back, way back when they used to be, you know, less than 90 cents, uh, you know, 12 months ago. So, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens and, and what impact that that has. But um, combine that rising fuel rates, your $40 a week pay increase has just been gobbled up. Uh, let's just say even in the cost of fuel, uh, fuel alone. So there's not going to be that much that is there uh, for you to have that, that's left over. So, you know... The cost of living, um, sorry, the um, wage increase is, is effectively pointless. <clears throat> Seems to be getting a bit of a dry throat lately. Hang on, just let me have a cough. Uh, no, it's it's not the woo flu or anything like that. Um, uh, I mean, I'd, actually, I think it's my own laziness. I've got a... Um, Bit of a dusty pop filter here on this microphone. Um, I'm a bit emotionally attached to the microphone that I'm talking into now. Uh, I do need to uh, change the pop filter. But, um, yeah, I, I, if I'm going to buy a new pop filter, I might as well buy a new microphone uh, and all that sort of stuff. But I don't, don't really want to give up this microphone. So um, I think I'll just have to grin and bear it for a little bit longer. But... Hey, who knows? I may um, end up uh, buying another one. So, but hey, you know, first world problems. Um, so, where are we now? So, you know, you, you combine that that cost of living. Uh, sorry, that that wage review case, which is going to impact cost of living. So, uh, with the uh, emo going to potential blackouts and and load shedding and everything like that, and they're talking about record. Um, uh, electricity prices uh, after July 1, there's going to be a massive increase. So it all just shows that uh, dis- the, the centralisation of everything, whether it's um, wages, whether it's uh, energy, etc., etc., is not good for a country this big. It's not good for the population. It's not good for anything. Uh, so, you know, and as I said in the previous episode, we're, com- you know, we're in winter now. Uh, normally there's not a big uh, energy usage unless it's a really cold winter. And so, But you know what? Hey, if global warming is coming, we're not going to have cold winters anymore. So there shouldn't be that much power used in, uh, um, in winter. Though summer is going to be the one that is going to be interesting to see. So if we can't handle the the energy generation and supply can't handle this winter what are they going to be like when summer comes around uh and that's 
something that is going to be concerning. Uh, I think that we're in for a lot of trouble. Um, so, yeah, I, I, if we want to have any chance of uh, keeping Australia a first world country rather than, you know, going backwards in, into a third world country where, uh, you know, we've got um, fascistic governments, uh, a militarised, uh, politicised uh, uh Departments, uh, you know, every every department has been politicised by the Andrews regime, and it's going to happen to the Albanese regime. We've got militarised police forces um, walking around our streets. So it, we really need to make a change in November and send a message to the government uh, everywhere that uh, we, the people, aren't going to take it anymore. So we really do need to. Uh, work on getting rid of uh, Albanese, uh, sorry, Andrews out of state uh, and even uh, getting rid of um, Guy and giving, if it has to be done, giving the Liberal Party a minority government uh, because I, I don't, as much as I wish it would happen, I don't think there's, there's going to be enough uh, parties in the lower house to be able to form government um, in their own right. So it may be a minority liberal government, uh, but then they'll definitely have a, 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 a upper house a legislative council that will, will keep them uh, in check. So uh, that's the hope. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. And and, and it's, it's the thing, you know, in all seriousness, we need to do that because... Um, there was an announcement today that uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping has changed the rules regarding the deployment of the defence forces so they can be deployed in non-warlike uh, situations. So as I've said in earlier podcasts, that it's, it's going to happen. Um, you know, they're getting ready to annex Taiwan or do whatever they're doing to Taiwan. Then as soon as that happens, expect to see Chinese boots on the ground out here protecting uh, Chinese assets, whether it's at the port in Darwin or whether it's uh, electricity generation out here, whether it's the farms uh, throughout different parts in Australia uh, and all that. So, you know, we also need a government, uh, you know, at state level, state level will do fine, that will turn around and say, no, hey, we've got to, we're going to force you to sell that because you having control of that farmland, you having control of power generation, you having control of power distribution is not in the interests of the state. And I'm talking about the state of Victoria um, because we know that the Albanese government isn't going to do anything about that. So it's time for the uh, the, the states to do it. Um, yeah, it, it's something that we need to be doing. We need to be preparing for it because I tell you what, as soon as Taiwan falls, Australia will be next because they're going to have control of uh, that whole region up there. Um, you know, there's talk of Australia or New Zealand. I, I don't know whether he'd take New Zealand first and then use New Zealand as a springboard for uh, the annexing of Australia or whether Ardern, if she's still in, would just turn around and... and you know, do whatever they can to support uh, whatever annexing or militariz militarisation or militaristic takeovers 
uh, of this continent that there is going to be. Now, and we, we can't rely on the US because uh, we've seen how incompetent the US is. Have a look at their, their shamozzle of a withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, we can't expect them to come to our rescue or do anything uh, that will uh, protect uh, our national interests. Uh, so, you know, I, I think if push came to shove, especially with the uh, current administration, if push comes to, sho- comes to shove and it looks like that Australia's going to fall, they'll just go head over to Tyndall Air Force Base, get everyone from Pine Gap to Tyndall, uh, troops from Darwin, uh, wherever else they are, and just burn everything and then get out. Um, and, you know, we'll be left to our own devices. Uh, our government is intent on uh, literally leaving us vulnerable for everything. And I'm not talking about saying, hey, we need a massive defence force, which I don't think that we do. Uh, what we, I think we need to do is uh, give the... Uh, population the means to defend themselves. Um, we don't need to be uh, global police going in everywhere. Uh, if there is uh, anyone in our region, any nationality, nation in our region that needs support, let it be a humanitarian effort rather than sending Defence Force in. Let it be the community groups that go in and help keep the government and Defence Force out. I'm um, you know, I'd, I'd love there to be no defence force at all. Uh, I think that that is the wrong thing. Um, that you know, we should be looking after here, uh, looking after the country. We should be building the country. If the defence force is going to be there, you know, generally make it for the betterment of of the, the country rather than having all these uh, brigades and, and units and squadrons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera that are more focused on doing stuff overseas. Let's, you know, let's get them used to doing what they do here and, uh, you know, give them, get them out, build, out building roads, get them out building houses, get them out doing stuff that the Defence Force is supposed to do to uh, defend this country, this nation, uh, rather than, you know, stuffing around on, on multi-billion dollar submarines and really what's the point? Um you know what, Navy ships, well, yeah, it's... Anyway, um, I might leave that rant for another another episode, but, yeah, it, it's the thing is that we need to move away from defence spending um, and move it more into uh, nation building, uh, you know, get rid of the defence force, I think, get rid of most levels of government, most government departments... Uh, bring it back to decentralisation, let the communities decide, uh, give them the power, give them the ability to do that and even right down to the family unit, give the family unit the legislative means to defend themselves, to educate their the future generations, to uh, be able to do all that sort of stuff and, you know, to, to do that we need government to step back Um and and so yeah so um, yeah it it is one of the things that I'm going to start ranting more a lot about more a lot uh, start ranting a lot more about uh, that we need to remove government uh, you know you have a look at everything that the government does as soon as you, you bring out a government department taxes have got to be increased because the money's got to come from from somewhere um, so yeah there was uh, 
what is it, new um, road safety camera commissioner or something like that uh, that was announced um, for that. that you know, that, that's all about um, <coughs> safety cameras, uh, which, which is bullshit. They're not safety cameras. They're just revenue raises. So it's, it's just a, a tax on driving a vehicle. Uh, ultimately, that's what it is, and you know they—it's the presumption you, you lose your presumption of innocence because they take a photo of you, and you have to prove that you're innocent rather than them prove you guilty. So, you know, it's breached that just because it's a photo. You know, is—is is that beyond a reasonable doubt? Oh, there's a photo that says that. How do you know? And you have to fight through all the bullshit to prove that no, or even even contest it. So. Yeah, there's a whole lot to be said for the revenue raising of, of the uh, respective state governments with regards to um, traffic offences, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but anyway, um, what else is there? Um, I don't know. I think that's it. I might, I might just have this as a short one and end this one here. But, yeah, it's – I think we're in for going back to the, the, the title – of the 5.2 wage percent increase. I think we're in for an interesting time in this country. Uh, we've seen, you know, if any businesses survived uh, the Wu-Flu shutdowns, I think that it, it's going to be hard-pressed for them to continue to survive over this, uh, after this 5%, 5.2%, uh, even the extra half a percent for... Uh, superannuation and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, let's say what you you've got. Let's say you've got a hundred employees on on various you know the, the lower levels of of the um, modern awards. You know, you'd probably be looking at maybe um, you know fifteen twenty thousand dollars a week extra uh, if if those you know those hundred odd employees are doing thirty eight hours a week. So you're going to be looking at a substantial amount there that, you know, th- where, where are they going to find that money from? Uh, it's all right for, you know, the, the bigger chains. So like, you know, your Woolworths and, and your Coles and all that sort of stuff because they can put their thousand products up by one or two cents and then you won't, you know, you, you'll notice it at the come the bill but you won't notice it per product. Um you know, so then they can, absor- you know, pass those costs on to the consumer there. But, you know, what about the widget manufacturer that sells to Woolworths? Can they put their prices up 5% or 6% or whatever it's going to cost? And, and and this is the thing is that will they take into consideration these excessive uh, wage increases and superannuation or will they turn around and say, well, no, hey, you know, that's, that's part of the thing, that's part of your costs your normal overhead cost, so you should be able to work that out and have that work figured out into your pricing structure. So, you know, they'll take the cost of um, consumables and raw materials uh, potentially as that. So, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that there. There's, there's just going to be a lot of businesses that turn around and say, well, no, it's not worth it. Let's just pack up and say, no, close the business. And then, you know, you've got the added burden on the social security system from that, that this, you know, these smaller businesses going pear-shaped for that. Now, alternatives, I I don't want to say it is what it is because I think it is something that's wrong. Uh, There's, 
it shouldn't have been as big as what it is uh, because it is going to kill a lot of small businesses that were already struggling, uh, potentially ones that had you know were struggling after their massive lockdowns uh, in, and the inability to service their, their customer base uh, and things like that in this state. Uh, so, you know, and also by the same token as well, I'm not saying that small businesses need to have their own modern award where you know, things, uh, they're treated differently and all that sort of stuff because, you know, if they're treated differently, you know, what's going to happen, you know, who's going to, no one's going to work for them because they're paid on a lower rate than what they would if they're working for, uh, you know, one of the other bigger companies that are, are running for the same award. Then there's also the thing too is that no business wants to stay small. Um, where do you draw the line? Do you draw it as a 15-employee uh, headcount? So, uh 15 and more is not a small business, whereas 14 and less is a small business. Do you take it, uh, that's under the Fair Work Act, do you take it as 25 uh, for taxation? I think taxation purposes, the tax department considers anything under 25 a small business. I mean, what, what do you define as a small business? Um, and then what happens if, uh, you know, one day that, you know, they've got, uh, you know, Let's say we'll argue, for argument's sake, let's go for the 15. So, you know, one day they've got 12 employees. So, yep, they stay under the 15. All of a sudden, maybe they pick up a contract and then, you know, they've priced it on their uh, overheads on the, you know, small business modern award um, based on their, their 12 employees. Then they have to recruit three more people because they've got a new gig. So then that pushes them. Um, to 15 which means that they have to go into a separate modern award which has uh, higher wages etc etc so then they've got to go back and readjust their pricing pricing which means that they may not be competitive enough for their suppliers Uh, so it's a big uh, vicious circle now this was one of my gripes earlier on uh, for uh, those business groups that were pushing for uh, who was it? I think Kate Carnell, uh, the former small business ombudsman, uh, small business and family enterprise uh, ombudsman, who wanted their small business to have their own you know, specific modern award. Now, I, I've said back then it's the wrong thing to do. Uh, it'll just create lazy people. Uh, and then, what do you do when they're no longer a small business? How do you, you know? the increase in, in costs that are going to be there, they're not set up for it, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, so there, there, there's problems with all of that too. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not going to go down that that big rabbit hole. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff to talk about that, you know. Uh, I understand that none of these things are simple issues where you can just say, yep, that's it, and then fix it. Uh, they are complex for, you know, for example, cost of living. Um, you know, if we're genuine about improving cost of living, we need to bring energy down. And I'm just, you know, I'm not only talking about um, electricity, I'm talking about electricity, gas, as well as fuel. So that's still energy too, because you need that to, um, you know, drive your vehicle, etc., etc. So we need to, the governments need to be doing something to reduce that. Uh, so, yeah, un- until those things are looked at, uh, any anything that they're doing now to ease cost of living is just going to um, shift the ultimate burden 
down the track a bit, uh, whether they're borrowing money, you know, throwing more money into the economy, which is going to cre- increase inflation, which is going to increase prices on things, which is going to increase uh, everything that there is. So it's going to be something that our grandkids are going to be paying for uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, But anyway, as I said, I think I might leave it here. I'll end this one now. Um, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I do ask a favour. Can you please give me a uh, five-star review on wherever you listen to your podcast? That way I know that people are listening to it. It does help other people find it. Uh, it does uh, give me incentive to bring out uh, better episodes, etc. Not saying that I don't do good what I think are good episodes because if I didn't think it was a good episode, I wouldn't put it up. Yes, I do waffle a bit, though those who know me in real life do know I fly off on different tangents uh, and all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's that's how I am. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, you know, five-star review and, and comments and you know that helps other people find it, share it, all that sort of good stuff. So, anyway, as I said... Thanks for listening. My name's Cameron Blewett and this was the Fifth Estate Podcast. I look forward to having you join me on the next one. Bye for now.